Okay, welcome back to Hellspan. This is part two of Young Forever by Dr. Mark Hyman. In this episode, I'll be discussing chapter four and chapter five, which are the 10 hallmarks of aging and also dying of too much or too little, why balance matters. I previously discussed the hallmarks of aging, but that was through the lens of metformin. And in this episode, because Mark Hyman talks about them again, I'll be discussing them again. Now, the, ch- the title of this chapter is The 10 Hallmarks of Aging. Previously, I had thought there were eight, and I think to this day, they're still considered to be eight. But he added on two different hallmarks, which are the gut microbiome and inflammation. So again, there's kind of 10 total in his perspective. Now, the first and most important one is the disrupted hormone and nutrient signaling, food and aging. So our bodies have an exquisite mechanism for sampling the environment for sensing the level of nutrients. Things like amino acids, sugars, and fatty acids. From moment to moment, they modify a myriad of chemical reactions that are going on in your body. And you're either activating autophagy or you're creating protein synthesis. Autophagy being the process of removing old cells and kind of cleaning up in your body. Or protein synthesis, making you proteins and parts. We're either breaking down or building up. So how do our bodies know what to do? We have four key nutrient sensing systems that work together with overlapping redundancies designated to beautifully protect us from disease and abnormal aging. These four nutrient sensing pathways are insulin and mTOR on one side and AMPK and sirtuin on another. Most of the dietary and lifestyle strategies that prevent disease, promote health, and extend life work through these nutrient sensing pathways. Now, this is sort of my thesis of aging. We age because of some dysregulation in these signaling pathways. That's my personal opinion. I know there's 10 hallmarks and there's a lot of different things that are going on when we age, but when it comes down to the reason we age, it has something to do with these nutrient sensing pathways, the mTOR insulin and PK sirtuin pathways. And we know our modern diet and a way of living interfere with these systems. They evolved in a very different time, a time of food scarcity, not abundance, a time of profound nutritional density in our food supply, a time of natural movement and exercise, a time of rhythmic living in harmony with day and night and the cycles of nature, a time of few toxins and none of the modern stresses of life. For example, we evolved in a symbiotic relationship with our diet, which comprised of 800 species of wild plants. And they are nearly absent in our modern diet, which is really comprised of you know, corn, soy, wheat, rice, things never consumed by our hunter-gatherers. So these ancient, conserved, evolutionary pathways of mTOR, insulin, AMPK, and sirtuins have not really evolved to our modern day. And we're constantly stimulating the growth signaling pathways, the insulin, IGF, mTOR signaling pathways. And we're not conserving enough. We're not acting, activating the AMPK, the cleanup mechanisms, the fatty acid synthesis pathways. So the first pathway I wanted to go over was the insulin slash insulin IGF signaling pathway. If he were to describe one intervention to extend life to prevent and reverse in chronic disease, it would be to dramatically reduce or eliminate sugar and refined starch from your diet. The flood of sugar and starch drives your pancreas to produce more and more insulin to keep your blood sugar under control. This leads to insulin resistance. Insulin resistance leads to type 2 diabetes and obesity, and this accelerates aging and also all the things that kill us. So 
These are things like ASCVD, cancer, and dementia. These are the quote-unquote three horsemen, as Peter Atia would put it. So the most important thing is to get your insulin under control, get your diabetes under control, because both of these will speed up the process of aging and also cause us to die of things that are killing most Americans. Again, ASCVD, cancer, and dementia. The most important thing you can do for your health is, is to balance your blood sugar and keep your insulin levels low and your insulin cells sensitive, which means eating a low sugar, low starch diet with plenty of good quality fats and proteins and a boatload of phytochemicals and fiber rich fruits and vegetables. The second pathway after insulin is the mTOR pathway. mTOR is important for regulating cell growth, protein synthesis, mitochondrial function, cellular senescence, and much more. With mTOR, we want it on sometimes and off sometimes. For example, we want mTOR turned on when we are exercising, building muscle, and making new proteins, but we want it off to enhance autophagy and cellular cleanup and repair. Cycling periods of fasting or calorie restriction with periods of adequate high-quality protein to really maintain mTOR and build new muscle is a very po powerful strategy strategy for healthy aging. So the key is to give your body a break from the constant influx of calories on a regular basis. And in, in other words, this is sort of the feast famine cycle that our ancestors really did. So we want to feast and at, the, at certain times and then put yourself into a famine or fast or calorie restrict at another time. This prevents, again, the constant influx of cells growing, cell cycle progression, and Again, lets your body heal, lets your body rest in times uh, when, when there's food scarcity and, and in those episodes where you're not eating and you're fasting, you're letting your body kind of rejuvenate itself. So, so really to, to sum it up, the elegant nutrition sensing systems in our body are listening for signals of scarcity or abundance. And through a whole cascade of different biochemical reactions, they adapt to what's needed in the moment. The key to health and longevity is balance, activating these pathways enough to rebuild and heal and grow, but not too much to cause damage. And when it comes to not causing too much damage, this is again is where the AMPK pathway comes. So again, AMPK, the adenosine monophosphate kinase pathway, what happens when it gets turned on, everything you need to reverse disease and increase a healthy lifespan. So it improves your cell's ability to produce energy reverse insulin resistance and improves blood sugar. It enhances stress resistance and improves your health cells housekeeping functions. He again has this whole passage on metformin in this book because that's the main mechanism by which metformin works is through AMPK. And again, if you want greater detail into metformin and how metformin works and how it affects the hallmarks of aging, I highly recommend you checking out those episodes that I did on it. The last and final pathway is the sirtuin. So yeast, wine, and longevity. Sirtuin, obviously made popular by Leonard Guarenti and David Sinclair at MIT back in the 1990s. Sirtuins are a family of signaling proteins that regulate gene transcription. They help lower inflammation and oxidative stress. They also improve your metabolism and also your energy production. So again, they're a family of histone deacetyl deacetylases. There are seven of them, CERT1 through CERT7. And when there's damage to your DNA, they will get recruited to the sites of damage and help repair the DNA via 
certain different protein pathways like PARP. Um, they also interact with other longevity pathways like FOXO. That's a familiar pathway. Uh, it interacts with mTOR. It interacts with the insulin IGF pathway. And it also has a lot of post-transcriptional mechanisms in the mitochondria like activating PGC1-alpha. And researching metformin was really tough because it affects so many different parts of the body. So it, it, it affects the liver, the brain, the pancreas, the intestines, fat. It's I feel like the more I read about sirtuins, the less I know just because there's so much to know. And again, it is an important nutrient sensing pathway. And we know we can activate it again through calorie restriction and fasting. And there's also certain foods and drinks. So wine, for example, you can activate sirtuins by drinking wine. There's other beneficial compounds like you can find in berries, uh, crocetin, which you can get in onions, uh, curcumin from turmeric, catechins from green tea. You know, these different, he has a whole list of compounds that help activate the effect of sirtuins. And you can't talk about sirtuins without talking about NAD. So NAD, again, is the cofactor or catalyst, and it is necessary for sirtuins to actually work. So he has a whole passage here about how, unfortunately, NAD production decreases as we age. And in the next episode, I'll probably talk about ways to boost NAD. Now, the second hallmark of aging is the damaged DNA and mutations, so problems with our genetic blueprint. Damage to the DNA is one of the hallmarks of aging. How does it get damaged? Each day, our DNA gets up to 100,000 little hits of, of damage. Things from UV radi radiation, environmental toxins, high sugars, processed diet, and other stressors. All these accelerate our DNA damage. And the accumulation of the insults accelerates the aging process. So what can be done about this? We can really avoid a lot of these DNA damaging insults like eliminating processed foods, limiting toxin, toxins, radiations, and also reducing stress. And in the upcoming episodes, I'll be discussing more about ways to help mitigate this DNA damage. Moving on to the next hallmark is the telomere shortening. So as we get older, our telomeres become shorter and shorter. They become so short to the point where our cells stop dividing and end up causing apoptosis. And we know we can now measure our telomeres don't know how accurate it is, but again, we want our telomeres to be long. We know certain interventions like exercise boost the telomere length, and it's important for, for protecting our DNA. Next hallmark is the damaged protein, so malformed, misshapen, and dysfunctional molecules. So this is the quote-unquote loss of proteostasis. And we know when you look at the structure of a protein, it's three-dimensional shape. It's very, it's very complex. It's a lot of folding onto each other. And a lot of times as we age, we get misfolding of our proteins. And this is sort of the hallmark of Alzheimer's and some of these other neurodegenerative diseases is the misfolding of these proteins. And when the proteins misfold, they don't work properly and they also create dysfunction. And we see this example through the advanced glycation end products. So when, for example, when too much sugar, when you eat too much sugar or starch, we cause a lot of glucose to be in our body and this ends up binding to different proteins and we call this process glycation and if you've heard of the Maillard reaction between amino acids and sugars this is where your body 
produces the these ages or advanced glycation end products, and they'll bind to these rages receptors for advanced glycation end products. And when these ages bind, we know that it causes a lot of dysfunction and causes a lot of disease. So for example, damaged collagen and glycation of collagen leads to aging in skin and bones. And glycation in your eye often results in things like cataracts. It also causes more stiffening of your blood vessels, higher blood pressure, heart disease, a lot of kidney dysfunction. So the point is more glucose floats around your body. It'll bind to different tissues and cause dysfunction. Again, this is why it's so important to avoid sugar in your diet. Avoid sugar, avoid this advanced glycation end product. The next hallmark is the epigenetic damage. So he uses the similar analogy that David Sinclair does, where the piano is so the, the piano is our DNA, and then the piano player is the epigenetics. So epigenetics c- controls the DNA. And again, this gets into the whole methylation acetylation thing, which I talked about before. But because I have to get through all these hallmarks, I'm going to move ahead to the senescent one. So senescence is the accumulation of these quote-unquote zombie cells. When our cells stop working, they either undergo apoptosis and get, and get cleared out, or they kind of sit around and kind of wreak havoc. So this is the secretion of the SASP, the senescence-associated secretory phenotype. And when those saps get secreted, they again cause a lot of inflammation. They cause a lot of DNA damage. Um, and they cause a lot of dysfunction. So accumulation of senescent cells, another hallmark of aging. We know certain molecules like quercetin also help with the clearance out of the senescent cells. You get this from things like apples and and onions. There's also a new drug for leukemia called dasatinib, which kills a lot of these zombie cells. And it actually improved the lifespan in mice by 36%. He has a quote here. And again, there's a lot of other senolytics like um, fisetin from strawberries and, as I mentioned, onions, there's cucumbers, there's also luteolin, which is another senolytic. You can get luteolin from carrots, broccoli, onions, cabbage, and then quercetin, which I mentioned, apples, grapes, berries, broccoli, and then curcumin as well. So these are all quote-unquote senolytics. They help clear out a lot of these senescent cells. So the next hallmark is the mitochondrial dysfunction. I think I've talked about that enough. And then the next hallmark that I think he considers a hallmark, but most scientists don't, is the gut microbiome. So of microbes in men, the link between gut health and longevity. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this passage here. So Dennis Burkett is a, or he was an Irish physician and medical missionary in Africa in the mid 20th century. And he first noticed the link between poop and health. Observing the differences between tribal hunter-gatherer populations and their genetic cousins who moved to different cities, he made a simple but profound observation. The average daily stool weight of the hunter-gatherers was 2 pounds, and of the city dwellers, it was only 4 ounces. And the biggest difference between these two poops were the fiber. So hunter-gatherers ate an average of about 100 to 150 grams a day of fiber. Our modern Western diet only has about 8 to 15 grams, so obviously a lot less than our modern kind of our hunter-gatherers and the concept of the microbiome was not even on the radar radar but the link between diet stool and chronic disease 
was obvious a long time ago. And in Burkett's words, quote, in Africa, treating people who lived largely off the land on vegetables they grow, I hardly ever saw cases of many of the most common diseases in the U.S. and England, including coronary heart disease, diabetes, varicose veins, obesity. Western diets are so low on bulk and so dense in calories that our intestines just don't pass enough volume to remain healthy. The gut ecosystem for the longest time had been ignored by medicine, and it's now being identified as a link to nearly all chronic diseases. If you want more information on the importance of the gut microbiome, I, har- I highly recommend you checking out the podcast I did on Emerin Mayer's book called The Mind-Gut Connection. So again, he has this whole passage about the importance of gut microbiome, and he also has this fact that you know the combination of our Western diet, like low fiber, high processed foods, sugar, food additives, herbicides, glyphosates, uh, different acid blockers like proton pump inhibitors, a lot of these antibiotics, they are radically changing the makeup of our microbiome. And this is the quote-unquote dysbiosis that he talks about all the time. He also has a fun fact here that 25% of calories from breast milk in the form of a sugar called oligosaccharides are not really digestible by babies. So why are these sugars there? And the reason that these oligosaccharides are there are to really feed the microbiome. So it contains a lot of this bifidobacterium infantis, which is the microbe responsible for the development of a healthy immune system. And the absence of bifidobacterium is linked to a lot of allergy, asthma, eczema, autoimmunity, a lot of this ATP that we are seeing is more and more common these days. More and more of these babies are allergic to foods. They are having more autoimmune disease, getting more eczema. And it's probably because of this lack of bifidobacterium in their gut. So again, just goes to show the importance of a healthy gut microbiome. Next hallmark is the stem cell exhaustion. You know, our stem cells become exhausted. We don't make enough new cells. And then the inflammaging. So I mentioned that previously there were eight hallmarks. And the two he added were the gut microbiome and this quote-unquote inflammaging. So inflammation is sort of driving the aging process. And the primary driver of our inflammation really is the modern diet. So again, high in sugar, high in starch, low in fiber, nutrient poor. In other words, this is really a perfect recipe for disaster, like inflammation and aging. So the diet also harms our microbiome and also causes growth of inflammatory bugs. So the main driver of inflammation is the diet. And we all can start there when it comes to you know cleaning up the inflammation and Reducing all these hallmarks is starting with the diet, the ones he just mentioned. So moving on to the next chapter, chapter five, dying of too much or too little, why balance matters. In functional medicine, we ask just two questions to figure out what's causing dysfunction in the body. First, what do you need to do to get rid of that is causing the imbalance? Second, what do you need to do to put into the system to help restore balance. So what really really want to ask ourselves those two questions. What do we need to increase or add to create health? And also what do we need to reduce to create more health? Again, I can't drive this point home across enough. The most important regulator of disease is our diet. And remember that food is medicine, but it can also be poison. Today, 
60% of our diet is ultra-processed. And for kids, it's about 67%. 67% of their foods is ultra-processed. The unbelievable load of sugar and flour, 152 pounds and 133 pounds, uh, respectively, per person. Add to this the thousand-fold increase in processed and refined oils since 1900, five, poon, five pounds of food additives and preservatives consumed annually by the average American, and the fact that 90% of Americans don't consume the minimum recommended amount of protective foods like fruits and vegetables, and you have the perfect storm for exacerbating all the hallmarks of aging. So again, it all starts with diet. It starts and ends with diet, disease, and health all start and end with the diet. He also has this passage here about the our sedentary lifestyle. So our ancestor, ancestors were constantly moving. They were foraging for food, hunting, avoiding predators. They were seeking shelter. They were not really sitting behind desks, cruising in their cars, binge-watching Netflix, or scrolling through Instagram. And we know the importance of movement. So we need to get up. We need to not necessarily walk 10,000 steps a day, but just need to be constantly moving. And I just listened to this podcast by Chris Williamson, where he had Kelly Starrett on. He is the author of The Supple Leopard. I recommend you checking out that podcast that he just posted. But he talks about the importance of movement and how our body becomes our bodies become so stiff because we are in a, the same position. And this leads to back pain, neck pain, a lot of chronic disease. So Again, get get movement. Our get moving. Our sedentary disease promoting lifestyle is a real thing nowadays. He also has this one of these passages about the social diseases. So our social environment and health. We know that loneliness is one of the biggest risk factors for disease, and that feeding powerless and that feeling powerless is a big risk factor for is like as big as of a risk factor for like smoking. I think there's been some some like Stanford studies on this where. They compare people who were lonely with the smoking and they realize that being lonely, not having a social gathering is just as bad as smoking, which I think is pretty incredible. And today we've moved so far from those evolutionary tribal cultures like in Sardinia or these other blue zones. And we don't, we don't really have that richness of our family and the social systems of that we had hundreds of years ago. We're all dispersed. We all like to be by ourselves and even though this Instagram, Facebook culture makes it seem like we're connected, we're really not. So this is the quote-unquote social detriment of health. Um, this is what we refer to nowadays. Um, so get out there, talk to your family, talk to your friends. It'll improve your health. Again, he has this whole passage about sleep, which I don't really want to get into. And then he also has this final passage I'll talk about, which is the trouble with the microbes, like uh, bad bugs, inflammation, and obesity. So... Too much bad bacteria leads to high levels of this molecule in your gut. It's called zonulin. Zonulin is, again, this molecule that loosens up the tight junctions in your intestinal barrier and creates this quote-unquote leaky gut. So zonulin is found in obese adults and children and people with type 2 diabetes, fatty liver, and heart disease. Zonulin was discovered by Dr. Alessio Fasano, while he was studying cholera. And cholera and other bacterial toxins release zonulin and creates damage to our epithelial lining. Now, this is not the only bad bug that triggers zonulin. So gluten is also 
one of the zonulin triggering culprits today. Gluten is this huge trigger of inflammation, gut damage, and autoimmunity. And we know it's important to reduce gluten in our diet. I'm not saying this even if you're celiac. I'm, I'm just saying for the general population, you want to avoid foods with too much gluten. Now, for the last sort of part of this chapter, he talks about different toxins. He calls them, quote-unquote, obesogens. These are the different like toxins that wreak havoc through multiple different pathways. And there's he goes into like these endocrine disruptors and these different autogens for their impact on our autoimmune uh, disease and auto, um, our immunity system. And these different obesogens, these autogens, they drive changes in injury all through our biological network. So not just our gut, but our immune system, our detoxification system, lymph system, all these different toxins damage our DNA and our mitochondria and interfere with a lot of these nutrient sensing pathways and cause aging in the cell. And just the very last thing, one of the central tenets of functional medicine is that we are sick because of, again, we're either too much of something that is hurting us or not enough of the good stuff needed to help us kind of thrive and function optimally. And you want to think of these things as the ingredients for health. And in the upcoming episodes, I'll be discussing how we can have different functional practices, the, the practices of hormesis, and these different advancements in, in medicine and nutraceuticals that help really combat a lot of these dysfunctions that, that are creating, creating a lot of diseases and making us sick. So tune in for the next episode where I get into all that. And I hope you learned something and I hope you tune in next time.